to Expanded Universe, Season 8, Episode 5. Just call me Archangel of the Morning, Baby. The book, Star Trek The Next Generation, X-Men, Planet X. Chapters 12 through 14. With your hosts, Jeff and John. The year is definitely 1998. I didn't have to look that up. And let's go. A person who would stick his dick through a hole in a shower wall has no honor. That's what I do. I press the button that says cloak. Such is my distaste for Cyclops. Anyone sees you fucking this statue, they know you want to fuck. And welcome back to X-Pounded Universe with your hosts, Jeff and John. I'm Jeff, that's John. This is the Star Trek X-Men Expanded Universe Novel Discussion Podcast. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. And, and for of the past that, 45 minutes, it's been the Purge discussion. I was about to say. But instead, I'm going to ask John, who has recently seen all the Purge movies, tons and tons of penetrating questions about the Purge movies. Yeah, it's amazing how much they get into, and yet how much there is that you don't know. Yeah. Like, I have all these questions about the logistics of it. Like, how come people aren't just constantly setting everything on fire? Like, why, that's what, I mean, why stand in an alleyway with, like, a bat with a nail in it and a dumb baby mask when you could just be like, you know what, fuck it, I'm going to burn down the nearest forest? I mean, you would think because most of the people who would be near enough to a forest to want to burn it down would also be like, I, I don't want my, sh- my forest to be burned down. I mean, I guess, but there's nothing that stops you from being anywhere else on Purge Night. That's another thing that comes up constantly in my questions is, like, what stops me from being like, ah, Purge Night's coming up in a couple of days. I'll be in Mexico. I mean, nothing. Although, again, this isn't a weird dystopic future. Mm-hmm. So we get a little bit in... Isn't the, f- the first one set in 2022? Yes, but I mean, that came out in 2013. Oh, okay. I was going to say, that's like literally the next Aquaman movie is coming out after the, ne- after the first Purge is set. The, and it's also an alternate version of that history as well. It's not like it just diverged in 2013. Okay. But we get a little bit in the third movie where there's some hints that like most of the rest of the world is kind of fucked up as well. I, so Canada must clearly be purging. Or, I mean, even then, it, there's international waters treaties. If I'm even, all I'm going to do on personal night is be like, all right, family, it's the our annual time when we steal a yacht because that's legal, and then take the yacht 12 miles offshore because that's legal, and now we're in international waters, and there's no purge here. Yeah, but you got to get to that boat first, and to do that, you got to go through a bunch of dudes in baby masks with nail bats. I guess. I mean, that's the thing is, I'm just also going to wear a, ma- a baby mask and carry a nail bat, and, and they'll kill you. No, they won't. They don't kill each other. Yeah, they do. Oh, okay. That's there. That. Are, there are roving bands that are together, but if they see some other band, they're just going to murder each we, other. Can we see that in the movie? Yes. Okay, good. Because I was going to say the thing I primarily see in the previews is. You know, groups of creeps and then like regular folks who are trying to survive. Because those are always the main characters that we're following. But they'll see things where they're like, oh, we just got caught in a crossfire between two different groups of idiots. Yeah. My first thought is always you have creep immunity if you are also a creep. Like clearly if anyone's out on the street, they're probably a creep, which means they'll ignore other creeps and just try to kill poor people that are staying in their houses. (laughs) Now, the other question I have, John, and this is a big one, civil trials. (laughs) Like, what stops me from just suing someone the day after Purge for emotional damages? Uh, probably because it would get thrown out. Hmm, okay. But would it, for sure? I think it would, actually. At this point, mm-hmm. I think they would say that all Purge lawsuits afterward would be considered frivolous. Okay, now Also, they made that law during the Purge, so it's legal and no one can stop it. <laughs> 
this. Wait, can, so if I be, get into local government, like all I have to do is become like my city alderman or whatever, can, <laughs> can I pass laws during purge night that are good after purge night? I mean, if you already had the ability to pass laws, because afterwards they're going to check and be like, oh, it's not illegal for you to try and pass this, but your signature isn't good for passing a law, so it doesn't matter. Okay, anymore. so let's say I got like elected the mayor of a small town. Like, if I'm, you had executive action ability, yeah, where you could say I can on my own, normally sans purge, mm-hmm. write a law, yeah, but then that law is subject to you know, is this legal or not? Right. I believe during the purge, you could be like, I made this law and. Fuck you. <laughs> but it wouldn't matter because there's no laws anyway during the purge. Well, yeah. But then after the purge, it would have been made. And then they'd go like, that's illegal. And you go, yeah, but I made it during the purge. What if the law I, made, then. what if I made the law I made during the purge pertained or specifically includes a clause that it was a law during the purge? <laughs> if I was like, this, this is, only counts during the this purge. This is a special purge law that you ha- that is enforced specifically during the purge. Oh, I assume there are tons of those, honestly. There have to be because otherwise people wouldn't be you know, nail-batting each other in alleys, they'd be out doing, like, all kinds of white-collar crime. Well, eh, I mean... Or pedophile stuff. <laughs> I mean, that you'd, th- you'd think that'd be, like, the first question. Like, oh, do I have to kill people, or can I just take pictures of 12-year-olds in a warehouse? Yeah, see, we get sort of, like, a side view of some of that. Okay. But not focused on. All right. I'm just, I'm wondering how much meth can I cook that night, for example. Like, that's got to be legal, right? Well, if you're Data, Mr. Data can cook plenty of meth. Star Trek X-Men. Oh, fine. (laughs) I don't know how long that digression was, but man, I want to do an entire podcast on The Purge. Yeah, no, it's fine. I I, I guess I have to be the straight man the whole time and not not come up with creative solutions. (laughs) Fine. Well, we don't open on Data. We open on uh, Paul Duell and Arid. Yeah, so Arid wakes up. As you may remember from last time, uh, Arid and Corba, the speedster, uh-huh. have bunked together. It turns out that she enters relationships at super speed. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move in together, she says very quickly. <laughs> so uh, Arid's like, all right, well, I guess this is nice. I'm waking up with next to uh, next to Corba, and she's so nice and warm. Uh, uh, oh no! And then a voice. Oh, then Paul Duel pops on his head. It's like, "Hey, Aaron, it's your job to go into town and find some food." Yeah, we've got some food for you now. But if you want anything after this, you got to be part of the scavenge squad. You got to go to the scavenge squad. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna give you some food now. It's gonna be these two magic beans, <laughs> and you're gonna need to take those beans into town, Aaron, and find a cow and for trade us. them for some food. We've got regular beans. Now, we want you to find a cow and tell someone they're magic beans. It shouldn't be a problem, because normally this is the way that deal goes down. Everyone in Jaldia is real stupid, and none of them have heard of Jack and the Beanstalk before, so this is a new grift. (laughs) I had completely forgotten the opening of Jack and the Beanstalk and decided to start him off with beans instead of a cow. (laughs) Well, no, he gets beans because he's the grifter. No, I know. But if you would allowed me to 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 spin off and extrapolate upon that story, it would have been like, and then he goes into town and he finds a merchant and is like, I have these two beans. And the merchant was like, I also have beans. <laughs> Shit. Ah, <laughs> oh, I guess everybody's got magic beans around here. That's her. That's a deal in this town. This is really devaluing the bean market. <laughs> the bottom really fell out of the bean market here. Here in Devere or whatever this town is. Vereen. Verdeen. Verdeen. Uh, so yeah, he doesn't really have a whole lot of time to enjoy the fact that he gets to wake up next to Corba, but he has to go out and do some stuff. 
He's going to go do a little scavenging. But before he gets a chance to go out and do his stuff, Corvo wakes up and is like, hey, I like that. Would you like to make it a permanent arrangement? Hey, that's great. You want to move in together? Micro machines, uh, micro machines, micro machines. <laughs> I've already got all my stuff in here. <laughs> I've met your parents. They're lovely. <laughs> we got married three minutes ago. <laughs> and that's Corba. That's Corba. She's a speedster. Yeah. By the way, you can't have a, a wedding ring because I need all the rings. I got to go fast. Fast, fast, fast. <laughs> I got to. I got to go fast. <laughs> Uh, then we go to Data. Yeah, Data is walking down a hallway when he hears, I believe it's in 10 forward. Yeah, he goes into the lounge. Yeah. And that's where Banshee is singing some old-timey Irish melodies. Yep, he's singing a lilting Irish melody, uh, and it's so beautiful, and he's such a good singer. And Data decide, and there's a couple of uh, of ensigns there who are watching and being part of this whole Yeah, I mean, we get Sovar and Robinson, our... Zaldian and his uh, transporter room friend. Yeah, and I believe Ensign Saffron is also there, who is probably just some sort of human. Some kind of human. Or and maybe Guinan. She, yeah, Guinan's all, well, she, it's 10 forward, of course. Yeah. I mean, well, actually, wait, it's weird that Guinan's here, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. It's very unusual, given that Guinan left the show sometime around season six, and this is set after first contact. Exactly. Mm. So they're, just like with Worf, we do have to get Guinan essentially thinking to herself the reason that she is here. Yeah, no, she's like, oh, I guess I'm back. Now, Guinan apparently, I, this is going to come up later. Guinan gets her own whole chapter, but she is here. Yeah. Uh, so Data walks in on this spectacle of Banshee probably in his dumb outfit. I mean, he's just sitting there in one of the 10 forward lounge chairs with like armpit capes draped artlessly across the floor adjacent to him. Yeah, I mean, it. it's funny... <laughs> But also probably true, considering every time they talk about any of the X-Men, they mention that they are in their getup. Uh-huh. Like, they're well, always I mean, saying Wolverine's in his blue and yellow, and that Angel is, Archangel is in his white and red. And I, you're like, oh, I guess I guess you did pop up here without any clothes. I was going to say, it's not like they had backpacks. <laughs> I mean, you could just walk up to a, like, replicator and go like, computer, jeans, for a short Canadian. <laughs> and they'd be like, they'd be like, ah, denim. No, we can't do that. You're going to get an ill-fitting tight onesie. Uh, well, I guess that is what I wear all the time. <laughs> Computer, Canadian tuxedo. <laughs> ah, very good. They'll call this the Riker outfit. <laughs> oh, wait, I'm sorry. He's from Alaska. Yes. There we go. Yeah. I mean, it's close enough. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they wear Canadian tuxedos in Alaska. Yeah. Uh, so, okay. The... Uh, Data decides to join in on the, on the uh, festivities of the singing. Oh, yeah, because they're like, oh, that was great, fucking Banshee, and I don't know your real name, but do you have Banshee's anything else? <laughs> I don't know Banshee's real name. <laughs> Banshee's real name is Stereotype. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just realizing I know very little about Banshee. Yeah, Banshee... Man, he doesn't get a lot of business, which is sad because he was actually like one of the main teachers for Generation X and like the New Mutant stuff. Like him and uh, White Queen mm -hmm. were the two main heads of that school. And you don't find out dick about shit. Well, of course not, because both of those, it was like, oh, well, who's in charge? Well, we've got Banshee and we've got White Queen. So obviously, whenever we're talking about leadership, it's really just going to be a shot up White Queen's ass. <laughs> We're just gonna we're just gonna get an artist to draw an upskirt shot of her wearing a bathing suit, and that'll be that. 
Uh, but yeah, they're all like, oh, Mr. Banshee, we loved your singing. Do you have anything else for us? And he's got to be like, oh, Saints and Bagora, the Irish isn't with me. The wee leprechauns haven't given me enough melodies for you. Why, I'm plumb out. Does anyone have lucky charms? It's kind of funny how all the X-Men are actually like this. Like every one of them pretty much just, you know, da, Soviet, Russia, yet, yet, turn into iron to stop tractor. Uh, but but this one somehow is the most irritating. Yeah, because the other ones at least only say like, oh, and sounding like whatever, they say this, and then it's just regular type, whereas Banshee's is written out to make you have to read it in that I sort of I guess that's voice. true. It's in I dialect. And, and uh, honestly, some of the more annoying X-Men aren't here. Like, we ain't got Remy. No. So we don't have we to. We haven't gone full hardcore into the uh like accent pool yeah rogue's not here either so there's not a lot of a h written down for i yeah in the book so that's that Aww, I guess, sugar uh, yeah <laughs> oh, god so i guess that's a saving grace uh anyway data's like well i know a particularly interesting irish ditty that i will begin to sing now yes here's here's my irish song and then <laughs> He starts singing in a voice that isn't his, because mm-hmm. he's just like, I'm a robot, fuck you, I'll sing as good as I want to. He did that on the show a couple of times. So he starts doing that, and part of the way through, Banshee's like, oh shit, no, I know this one, and joins in. Yeah, yeah, and then he's like, oh, you have a fighting bro, and you know, it's just he's talking to him, and, I, and he's like, where did you learn that? How come you know any songs at all? And Data's response, weirdly, isn't, oh, well, my entire head's a fucking positronic uh, database. I'm a ridiculous computer I, with so many songs I, in it. I know every single song there's ever been. I'm basically, iPad, uh, 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 basically iTunes. But instead, he's like, oh, there was someone on the colony where i was made called brian mcgonaghy mm-hmm. and he loved that song for some reason mm-hmm. mostly it's just so we can explain data's origin story for some reason yeah they're like we got to explain that data was on a planet when some energy monster the crystal an entity some energy monster when some the crystal an entity Ugh, it's an energy mo- it's star trek it's one of the energy monsters it's a snow- one of the many many energy monsters it's not a fucking cloud it's a snowflake looking thing yeah it's still an energy monster. Fine. It's just the only one I know the name of, and I'm proud of that. <laughs> so anyway, the crystalline entity wiped out his planet. And by the way, that also explains why he's singing in this Brian McGonaghy's voice, because there's one single episode of Next Gen about how, uh, for some reason, Data came fully preloaded with the memories, voices, and experiences of everyone in the city he grew up in. Yeah, apparently it was so this would help him get emotions because they're like oh if we give you all the memories and likes and dislikes and all of this stuff from all of these people then you'll just be able to extrapolate emotions from a theoretical database I mean, theoretically but all it ends up doing in the show is is enabling him to freak out the mom of a kid who died there yeah uh but but here no it's just oh i'm fine there, there was a there was one of them super stereotypical irish dudes in the colony as well and he taught me this irish song yeah and, uh, you know, as soon as Banshee hears that the crystalline entity destroyed his entire fucking colony, he's like, oh, lad, I'm so sorry to hear that. Why don't we have a point? <laughs> yeah. And Data's like, well, why don't you tell me why your name is Banshee? That is the wail of a dead woman. That's a bad name. It, it warns of approaching death. Why? Why would you, such a lovely and normal person, have a name like that? You'd think your name would be Lucky Charms. <laughs> Or just Lucky, the <laughs> Leprechaun. <laughs> We'd give you a traditional Irish superhero name, like Soap Commercial. 
Uh, uh, well, it turns he's like, ah, well, that, that's just because you haven't heard me in battle. Yes, you haven't heard me sing in battle. Oh, but if you had, you wouldn't ask me that question, lad. Because I sing like a dangerous dying woman. Oh, that's well, not a dying woman. It's, it's a, a woman spirit who... that says that you're going to die. Okay, fine. The portent of death. Yes. Yes. Also, what's your real name, by the way, Banshee? <laughs> I mean, I'm sure John knows. Oh. I, a Jeff, do not know. Oh, no, I don't. I'm willing to admit right now, <laughs> without going to look on my phone and try and <laughs> figure it out while I waste time, that I do not know at all what his name is. There are so many less relevant X-Men that I know the full name of. Right? I'm like, oh, man, I could tell you the names of so many random-ass characters from X-Men and not Banshee. Yeah. Like, you probably know Chambers' name off the top of your head. Hold on, I'm looking up Banshee's name. <laughs> okay, fine, you do that. Uh, I'll just carry along with what's going on in the story. I believe uh, we get a little bit more from Sovar and and uh, Ro- is it Rogers or Robertson, who's his friend? Uh, it is Robertson? Robertson Paul. Ro- Robertson. Robert, Cl- Robert Paulson. Robert Sinclair Paulson. Sinson. Oh, wait, this is this is Troy. This is Troy's business. Oh, are we giving someone's business to Troy? Yeah, Troy and Archangel. I was going to say, well, the Troy and Archangel comes up next. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Okay, fine. So the next thing that happens is that Troy is sitting around, I believe also in the lounge, when Archangel comes in. And Archangel, by the way, has continued to just fly everywhere he goes, Yeah, even though he's on a spaceship with limited hallway space. Yeah, he's still just mostly an asshole. Now, I think we've established in the past that Archangel's got like a 30 to 40 foot wingspan to keep a human aloft. Yeah, and yet... Uh, Oh, Can we just establish it? Hmm? Go it's ahead. Sean Cassidy. Oh, shoot. How could I forget such a stolen from a celebrity type name? Oh, yeah. Uh, it's okay. Davy Jones. <laughs> He's just named after a famous Irish. It's, uh, it's Darby O'Gill. <laughs> uh, it's you two. It's Cher. His real name is Cher. (laughs) She's not Irish. She's half Native American. I guess the other half is Irish. Yeah. There you go. (laughs) Okay. uh, Yeah. So Troy is also hanging around in the lounge when Archangel comes flying in. And we get a a comprehensive description of the fact that he has white feathered wings instead of the metal ones. Now there's no more question. But he is, in fact, still blue. Gorgeously blue. A different blue, indeed, than the blue of a Tholian or a... No, not a Tholian. Andorian. Andorian or a Bullion. I was yeah. Co- yeah, I put Tholian in there, even though those are those energy spiders that make the super webs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so she... Archangel's just sort of generically being a dick. I, I don't really... You, you go ahead. You've got the book in front of you. Yeah, no, Archangel is... Like, he whooshes in and scares a bunch of crewmen and, like, lands somewhere and basically does, like the standard Christ pose as he just, like, floats to the ground, arms and wings spread. Yeah. And, of course, Troy's just like, wow, what a dick show-off. Fuck this guy. Yeah, for some reason, she's not into it. When normally, Troy's response to any sexy dude on a ship doing even anything is just to go, ooh, a chance to date someone briefly and then watch them die. Uh, Yeah, nope. But instead, Archangel's like, oh, I see that the counselor disapproves of me. And so he's going to walk over there and be like, hey, why aren't you offering me a seat, counselor? I'm a fucking asshole. Yeah, and, he, and, and she should, doesn't just respond with like, uh, I don't know, because it's a big empty restaurant. 
But no, she's like, all right, Archangel, would you like a seat? Oh, I thought you'd never ask. Yeah. And then he spins it around and sits down on it and spins his baseball cap around. <laughs> it's time to get real. How does he reach these betazoids? <laughs> but yeah, I mean, at least when he spins the chair around, you're like, oh, it's not just because you're a douche. It's because you have wings. Yeah, it's because of the wings. Although I'm pretty sure that Archangel could just lift his wings up and around the back of a chair. Maybe these are weirdly high back chairs. Maybe. I mean, we've seen the chairs in 10 Forward. Yeah. Well, no, we, we I don't know that we've seen these chairs. The new chairs. I was going to say, this is the Enterprise E. E. It's a completely different ship, and I've got a lot to say about that. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, he spins the chair around and sits down so he can get real, which on the one hand, I feel like, yeah, that's because it's probably the wings for comfort. On the other hand, maybe it's to show off that it's about the wings for comfort to be like, be like yeah, because I have wings. I have to sit like this. I prefer to, c- to talk while flying constantly in circles. Yeah. He's just being a huge asshole. He really, it's a weird thing. I guess that's just Warren in general. And even with the conversation with Troy, he's just like, yeah, fucking Dr. Crusher had a whole chamber of horrors for me, and LaForge gave me a once over, and I hate everyone here. Yeah, I don't like it on this dumb ship, and they didn't find out anything important about why we're stuck here. Anyway, you're rich, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's weird. He's just like, I can kind of tell you're rich. And she has to be like, well, I am from the fifth circle of regents or whatever on Beta Z. He's like, I, I guess I would be considered fairly high importance, but, you know, we don't really have money because this is the Federation and we're past that point. Yeah, we're a post-capitalism society. So basically, I'm rich in the sense of I have a lot of swooshy, irritating matchmaker mom. Yeah, I have uh, a lot of it. I have a lot of that. That's the, I'm I'm rich in Luxana irritations. <laughs> uh, but but no, she's like, yeah, I guess technically I'm part royalty or something. So I get I'm 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 a little more vaguely important, like like culturally than, than, than say a random other person on Betazoid would be. Yeah, and he's like, oh yeah, well fuck you. That's what the rich always say. That it's just a responsibility more than a privilege. And I bet I bet you. You never think about how privileged you are. And I'm like, my dude, why are you starting a fight over privilege in 10 forward? That seems to be his game. He's like, yeah, I can always tell. The rich can tell other rich people. Now, I grew up silver spoon in my mouth myself. I spent my summers in one place, my winters in another. I never wanted for anything. Not for old Warren Worthington the Thord. (laughs) She's like, I don't like this guy. (laughs) Ugh, this In, guy. Anyway, I don't recognize the places you're listing. And and to be fair, I recognized one of them. Uh, I didn't... Was it Summers on the Riviera and Winters in Shamonics? Yeah. Chamonix. Chamonix, which I believe is a Swiss chalet of some... Or chalet town. I don't know. Uh... Uh, so it turns out that he gets to go to rich people places. Well, he did, up until he grew them damn wings at the age of nine. Yeah. So what made you decide to be a hero then if you were living the life of luxury and he's like well it's these wings of mine i can't just lounge on saint bart's with these coming out the back of me she's like yeah but you could also just not be a hero yeah and he's like oh so you mean why did i decide to join the side of the angels (laughs) well you see i always really wanted to meet a different hero i wanted to meet joe black Okay, yeah, you're just doing hero stuff, angel stuff now, aren't you? Just just angel stuff. <laughs> What's your favorite U2 song? Mine's Angel of Harlem. Okay, <laughs> stop. No, I get it. You like angel stuff. 
Yeah, also, I know I told you my name is Warren Worthington, but just call me Angel of the morning. Angel. <laughs> call me by my full name, please. Angel Angelton the third. Uh, Ark. The Archangel Angelton. <laughs> You've heard of me. Uh, but yeah, we get a whole lot of Troy sensed bitterness and a growing resentment in him. And she assumed it was for himself. Yeah, she noted that he hates himself in a way that he has resigned himself to do. Yeah. Also, he, he mentions that while everyone else who's in the group is a mutant, he's a mutant with a little something extra. And I was like, hey, fuck you, buddy. I feel like most of them are mutants with a little something extra. Like Wolverine is definitely a mutant with a little. Well, actually, he's not. Not right at now. the moment. Not the moment. But in the past, he definitely has been. Yeah. But not now. Not now. Maybe Storm is not currently either. I think she usually technically has some like actual god stuff mixed into her storyline. Hey. Yeah. Are we pretending that that doesn't count right now? Yeah. Also, also Shadowcat's here, and she has a dragon for a pet, and we're just not going to talk about yeah, that. Yeah, but it's not here. I, I, where is Plus, Maki? it's not part of her. I know, it's not, but it's always been the weirdest thing to me that she's like, what are you, oh, I'm I'm the audience surrogate character. I'm a, I'm a young, upstart Jewish girl from the Bronx who doesn't know what's going on, and I've also I've got a purple talking dragon. And then it gets into a real fucking Harry Potter situation where that dragon is actually just a shape-changing dude. Oh, that's right. I'd forgotten all that shit happens. Yeah. I'm used to him just being a fat little pointless thing that they put into the shots. Like <laughs> Just like me. Just, well, you're big. <laughs> uh, just, it, like wide shots just to be like, look, this thing from continuity, remember? Hey, remember? We, we haven't forgotten Lockheed exists. Anyway. Yeah. That's, that's how they usually get Howard the Duck into, into uh, Marvel Comics as well. Wide shot, lots of heroes, Howard over in the corner. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I was in these. Remember the 70s? Yeah, you uh, remember when I was a thing briefly, uh, very, very briefly? And, and now again? Well, here I am. <laughs> Have you heard that? There, I don't know if it's still happening now because they've changed leadership so much at the Marvel TV thing, but for a while at Hulu there was a plan for four different Marvel cartoon shows. Huh. Uh, one of them was going to be Tigra, one of them was going to be Howard, uh, there was going to be a Squirrel Girl and a Modoc. Wow. They were each going to get their own show, and then there was going to be a combination show called The Offenders. Wow. I don't know if it's going to still happen now that there's no defenders to be mocking. Yeah, well. Uh, so, and also, I mean, they have said that they're probably going to just straight up make new versions of, like, Daredevil and Luke Cage and all that shit in 2021 when the when the license expires. Yeah, so uh, they're just going to be like, oh, fuck it, we'll just move it over to the MCU eventually. Yes, and my guess is that, that by the time that actually happens, when the TV licenses expire, they'll be looking at all four of them for potential movie heroes instead. Because the yeah. whole thing where they were like, oh, yeah, this is perfect, we can finally put Daredevil somewhere, because he couldn't carry a movie since the one he carried, uh, so we need to we just need to relegate him to safety in the, in the television you know sphere. But now they're like, oh, but there's a Shang Chi movie, so all bets are off. Put whoever you want in a movie. Yeah, as soon as we realize that anything could be <laughs> fine and make money, they're like, ah, oh, shit, that's one of our bigger names, and we just stuck him on a show. Luke Cage can't carry a movie. Let's put him on a TV show and do the uh, Eternals. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow. So after that, we go to chapter 13 and Guinan. Guinan is unhappy a little bit because she was used to the Enterprise D. And who can blame her? The Enterprise D was full on twice the, the size, like uh, in terms of displacement, of the Enterprise E, which is pretty much a, sle uh, a sleek down warship. 
Yeah, because before it was all just like cruise line. What's on here? Oh, there's like a billion different fucking families and kids and people that don't have anything to do with anything. The average general in terms of like how many people were on the Enterprise from day to day was like one thousand four hundred. Yeah. And it could easily carry for emergency purposes like evacuations and stuff. It could carry fifteen thousand people. Yeah. It was it was a cruise liner compared to every other ship that's ever been involved in the Enterprise stories, uh, non-alternate universe. The Kelvin universe, for some reason, the Enterprise with Kirk on it is like bigger than the Galaxy class. Nah. Whatever. Um, but the the Enterprise that was this Galaxy class nonsense. It's fucking enormous. It's got a yoga studio. Huh. Now the E, on the other hand, is half as many decks as the D, and there's no one on it but like Starfleet personnel. Yeah, I mean before we had the huge D. But now it just it doesn't really measure up. Yeah, now we've just got to deal. It with shrunk the, really. Yeah, and now you have to deal with nothing but the sheer tactile pleasure of E. <laughs> so Guinan is behind the counter, even though she technically doesn't work on the ship. She was like, "Oh, I just I'm hitching a ride somewhere, mm-hmm. and I insisted that I get to be a bartender." Yeah, I wanted to be a bartender while I was here, but this isn't my 10 forward. Yeah. This isn't my, and also, no one cool comes through here. It's no one but officers, and for some reason, X-Men. Yeah, because, you know, we don't have thousands of people on here that are just random dudes. Yeah, and there's not constantly an ambassador on here, because Picard tries to take every ambassador assignment. Yeah. No. Now it's just like, yeah, this is where fucking Starfleet people show up to get a drink and then leave. Yeah, this isn't fun for me at all. This place used to be crawling with ambassadors who were shocked that you'd intimate that they were involved in whatever shenanigans are happening. <laughs> that they were involved in whatever they were doing. <laughs> uh, and then their wives who were coming through as well and being like, please be nice to him. He's a very busy man. <laughs> anyway, so she's there polishing the reflective surface of the bar when who should walk in but Wolverine. The Wolverine. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wolverine looks pretty happy with himself. He's in his blue and yellows. Uh, he looks pretty tired, but he plunks himself down at the bar and is like, hey, you look like the person I talk to if I want some service. How about some service, darling? <laughs> darling? Darling? Can I smoke cigars in here? Hang on. Don't answer that until I finish smoking this cigar. <laughs> uh, I just enjoy that he's randomly kind of an asshole as well yeah he's normally when he goes someplace he's like hey can i get a drink but now he's just like hey darling nice tits (laughs) aren't you whoopi goldberg (laughs) i loved you in sister act two not the first one though now back in the habit that was when it got good (laughs) uh okay so so she's, she's like, just like, oh, you want a drink? You want a drink, you you savage brute of a Canadian? <laughs> oh, yeah, that'd be great. Can mm-hmm. I get a drink? Okay. okay. Uh, you got any Timbits? I'll just take a Timbit and some Molson ice. Thank you. <laughs> but no, she's like, all right, here we go. I'll give you the strongest thing we got. And he just takes it, drinks it, and is like, you call this a drink? I want a stronger drink. I want whatever that wharf guy drinks. He's the greatest. I'm definitely not in love with him, though. <laughs> I just want to feel his power in my biceps. I, oh, I just want him to wrap me up in those arms. <laughs> I want him to crush me to death, and then I regenerate out of it. Yeah. Uh, uh, anyway, I want to lick his forehead ridge. <laughs> just want to get lost in those cranial ridges. Ooh. 
Uh, so yeah, but you know, I fully, I fully respect is definitely a big deal marriage. <laughs> so she's like, "Oh, you want a warrior's drink then?" Mm-hmm. And then we get this whole business of her. This goes on for most of this chapter, being like, "I don't know if you could handle the stuff Worf drinks." I'm pretty sure I can handle it, Dollface. You see, I got this here healing factor, and let me explain what I'm Wolverine. Hi, I'm Wolverine. I have a healing factor, bone claws, right now. Normally metal, not right now. Anyway, X Man, you get the deal. So, drink. Can I please have that super strong drink? And she's like, "Fine." But Worf drinks Jepson's Malort. <laughs> oh, no. This tastes like I'm sucking off a haunted tree. <laughs> I just like the idea that... Because all she actually does is give him what Worf usually drinks, right? Fucking prune, prune juice. juice. Uh, but how great would it have been if she was like, oh, you want Worf's drink? And she just like handed him a shot glass with a poop in it. <laughs> yeah. Just, Worf drinks this. Worf drinks this. <laughs> huh? You want it? Huh? You want it, you little bitch? <laughs> This looks like a glass of Odo. I'm watching you, Wolverine. <laughs> yes, I was the prune juice. I want to be inside you, Wolverine. <laughs> uh, uh, so, yeah. He drinks- and that is, that is a reference, by the way, uh, when she says, oh, a warrior's drink. That is something that Worf continually calls prune juice is a warrior's drink no i know to bother all the other klingons who were always like yes join me for a cask of blood wine and he's like no i prefer a warrior's drink and then he drinks prune juice and they're like haha you are regular your poops are normal human in size (laughs) you are definitely able to poop i however cannot i have not in days i have the inflamed painful poops of a targ (laughs) now give me some targ milk You have the weak poops of the House of Moog. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, yeah. She, you know, needles him a little bit and is like, are you going to drink it? Uh, you baby? I mean, your baby gonna ju- cry? It's just fucking juice. And the whole thing where he's like, I guess I'm drinking this juice. Uh, you he- know, I, I live by my word. And then he drinks the juice. Have you had prune juice, John? I have not. You know what? It, it's just juice. It's not anything. It's not disgusting. It's not fancy. It's just some juice. Just some goddamn. So juice. this whole thing where where he, where he, like to his credit, he picked up the mug and drank all the juice, and it's like this isn't some amazing thing. He picked up the Capri Sun and drank all the juice. Yeah, he drank all that juice, and get this, he put the straw in the bottom of the of the Capri Sun instead of in the little <laughs> fake hole. That's a life hack that Wolverine knows. Uh, I do enjoy that he's like, ah, oh, that hit the spot. Oh, it sure will. Ah, uh, you're going to poop. <laughs> you're going to have regular poops. Oh, no. Normally, I scatter my spore in the woods. Which I got to wonder, if he's already got a healing factor, you assume he has normal poops anyway. Yeah, he constantly Because nothing's per- going to make him not have regular yeah, poops. What would con- well, I, I don't know. Do you, think, do you think Wolverine has worse poops than normal people because his uh, healing factor is constantly fighting off his gut flora? <laughs> Uh, (laughs) this is the question i have about wolverine john these are questions that we need answered yeah check out our bonus content patreon.com slash system mastery where we'll finally find out is wolverine's healing factor making him poop bad (laughs) making him poop or better 
It could go either way. Find out. Patreon.com slash System Mastery. Support us at the $2 level. Special warning. There's no way the patch- that anywhere we go we'll have the answer to that question. <laughs> Special warning. Nah. <laughs> he poops fine. Don't worry about it. And prune juice won't make a difference. Uh, and he leaves. And there you go. Yeah, and then she's like, oh, it sort of feels like home, even if it's not my 10 forward, because I just got to bust on some idiot. <laughs> Oh, this reminds me of the olden days when I would bust on some idiot, and it was usually LaForge. <laughs> and then I'd be like, <laughs> dumbass, and then I'd go back to making drinks. Yeah. All right, John, I forgot what happens next, so you're uh, in charge. <laughs> so next we go over to uh, Chancellor Amon. We're back on ah, right. Zaldia, and he's just sort of getting news about the escape from the fortress yes yeah it turns out that osan and his flunkies have failed to maintain a a a hold over the the transformed yeah so he's talking with uh his defense advisor guy that we had seen before yeah he's talking he's talking to his his master the almighty tallest He's really talking to the Tallet, you know, <laughs> the the porcelain god That's right. that rules over him, the Tallet. He's having a serious conversation with that Tallet. Oh, man, he's really yelling into that Tallet. <laughs> <sighs> anyway, so yeah, he gets informed that, like, yeah, all the transformed have escaped. Uh, thankfully, one of the guards actually managed to get out and send a message. Otherwise, it probably would have been days before we found out anything. Right. And, and, uh, Amon's just like, oh God, I don't even want to deal with this. What as the far fuck as, are we going to do now? As far as I was concerned, this whole thing was over already. We had rounded them up and we had put them in a place. Yeah. And that's, that's it. That's that was all the, we were going to do. That's government for you. Black site extraction done. Mm, mm. Yeah. So they're like, all right. We haven't got any reports of stolen vehicles anywhere nearby, Mm -hmm. so they have to be within walking distance of Verdeen, possibly in the city. Some of them probably within teleporting and burrowing distance, and others within super speed distance. Some of them in flying distance, I assume. Probably. I mean, I I don't remember that there was a flying one that got mentioned. I don't know. Because it was a big deal that the big one could get up onto the parapets. Oh, there there was someone with wings, though. Okay. We do have the uh, the insect wing person. Oh, that's right. We have a translucent bug skeleton person. But, uh, yeah. So, they're just trying to figure out what the fuck they're going to do. And at this point, they're like, all right, well... Do whatever you got to. Tall it. Fucking, I don't care. Do martial law or something. I don't give a fuck. Tall it. Do some martial arts. <laughs> Tall it. Go out and do some sweet martial art moves. Do some sweet kicks. <laughs> go do American Ninja, Tall it. <laughs> That'll show him. And indeed he did. And that's the story of American Ninja. Uh, so, yeah. He just decides, all right, take as many dudes as you want. Go fucking find these people and round them up again. But please don't murder them. Let's, but let's, consider them dangerous. Let's not have any kills. Let's not ha- let's let's uh, save the killing blows. Just catch them. Yeah. So, and, then, and then what happens? And then we go over to Picard, who is on his way to see Doctor Crusher, because uh, she's finished up with all the examinations, and LaForge has also finished up his readings and everything. So he's going to go get apprised of the situation. Yes, he is. He is making his way down there because if there's one thing we learn about the Enterprise, it's that you walk places. Hell yeah. You don't make phone calls or anything. No. Even you, though you've got phones pinned to your chest. Yeah, like it doesn't matter if you can instantly communicate with anyone on the ship in multiple ways. Mm-hmm. You're definitely going to walk you over gotta there. You've got to walk down there. It's like, you got to have that face-to-face And time. it adds tension because they could be like, uh, Captain Picard, please report to sickbay. 
And he'll be like, well, can you just tell me what's going on? No, well, go on a long, agonizing elevator ride first, please. I've got a... You have a little video communicator thing there. I have one here. I could... We can still look each other in the face. You can show me whatever's down there. Mm. Uh, why do I need to walk? Mm, yes, I'll have you uh, sent to my ready room while I'm walking down there. <laughs> uh, but I bought you this comb when I sold my watch. <laughs> but I don't have any hair. Ah, <laughs> oh, no. I the only gift have hair of the idiot. <laughs> I only have hair in the pilot and in flashbacks. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, I only have hair in the pilot and, you know, down there. <laughs> Thanks yes, for the comb. It's a, yes, it's a veritable forest. A Tarkanian forest. <laughs> but who should he run into in the hall but Storm? And he's all like, ooh, hey, baby. How yeah, you he, doing? he gets all flustery. He's like, he's like ah, hello, Storm. Oh. Oh, no, she prefers oh. to be called Aurora. Oh, Aurora. How yeah. are you? Yeah, and she's like, oh, I'm fine. Why, why are we still having this conversation? I'm, I'm done with you. We're, we're done. And he's like, okay, I'm going to go find some information, and oh, whoosh, away goes fucking Archangel oh, spitting yeah. by. Archangel just flying randomly down the hallways again. And Keep, finally, I'm, Picard's just like, hey, fucking cut that shit out. Yeah, knock it off. Land now. You stop it. Come over here. Yeah. And you walk over here. Mm-hmm. This is the Enterprise. We walk, mister. <laughs> and if you don't have what it takes to walk around the Enterprise, then you don't deserve to wear that uniform. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not wearing a Starfleet uniform. I've beamed one onto no, you. that uniform. <laughs> Take it off. <laughs> nah. let's, let's see your Dr. Manhattan-y dork. <laughs> oh, it's got little wings. <laughs> uh, so, he does indeed. He stops at the end of the hallway and walks over, and he's like, what up? You asked to see me, you bitch? Because Archangel is just the hugest asshole the in the world. The weird thing here is that the Picard's response is more, it isn't just like, hey, it would be great if, you know, ambassadorial. Like, he'd just be like, hey, it'd be great if you could walk instead of flying everywhere. It's driving me nuts. Instead, he's treating Archangel like a kid. Yeah. It's it's a he's very like, weird. Your antics have been unintolerable since you've been on this ship, and I will not have it. You'd think at one point he would have been like, well, okay, this is the first strike right now. There hasn't been a point up till now where he's been like, Archangel, please stop flying everywhere at 100 miles an hour. Yeah. No one has told him that. They've just been like, ah, ah. and then not said anything. Yeah. But instead he's like, yes, this, this shall stop at once or I'll spank your bottom. And he turns to Storm and is like, is he serious? And he's like, look, you are talking to me, motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Look me in the eye. Look at me. I am the captain now and always. <laughs> and I have been for several years. <laughs> Uh, yeah. He was like, I don't care if you like using your powers. Fucking Shadowcat and Nightcrawler aren't using their powers. I don't see Nightcrawler bamfing around floor to floor. I mean, as far as Picard knows, it's a big ship. Yeah, but he's heard. Oh, okay, good. So no one's been reporting brimstone everywhere. Or the Shadowcat's the worst. Shadowcat could be in the Jeffrey's tubes, for all you know. Once you get a Shadowcat on your ship, there's just nowhere to know where she is. Oh, yeah. It, I mean, you got to start laying traps, but who knows if that's going to work. Yeah, no, because she might just phase right through them. Oh, yeah. it's, 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 especially if you get one of them northern reticulated Shadowcats, that's... Those I got a Madagascar hissing shadow cat. Once you get one of those in there, they start laying down breeding patches everywhere, and, and pretty soon you got an infestation. Uh, but yeah, he's like, oh, well, I can't stop flying, my dude. I got wings. Those two don't have wings. I got wings. You see these wings? I got them. And I got to fly, man. I got to. I got to do it. I got to be free to be me. I guess you make a very good point. But that's what holodecks are for. Yeah. And he's like, the fuck is a holodeck? It's weird. He was like, holodeck? Are we taking him seriously right now? Which I guess would be like, 
Because they would know what it is. It's the danger room. Yeah. Although sometimes the danger room is just a bunch of robot arms, and sometimes it's a holodeck. Yeah, sometimes it's just a uh, gun comes out and yeah. some blades and whatever. Everyone's, it, sometimes it's just monkey bars with a bunch of saws. And other times it's like, oh, we've uh, generated a hard light sentinel for you to fight. Uh-huh. Also, the size of the danger room tends to change between, like, this is a gym and this is a giant stadium. I mean, that's a problem you run into with the holodeck as well, where you turn the lights off and it's just like a 10 by 10 by 10 foot square. Yeah. But I, but uh, that'd be kind of neat to see someone flying around in there. I'd be into that. Well, the, I mean, I've always sort of wondered, like, how quickly do you got to move for you to fuck up and just, like, run into the wall? <laughs> Can you fool the holodeck and just like? Can you like juke the holodeck? You're like, I'm running this way. Oh no, I'm not. <laughs> Funk. Oh. That was a bad idea. I don't know why I wanted to slam my head into a wall, but well, I did it. The thing I always wonder is those episodes when they have the holodeck and someone goes arch and like like the door opens. Yeah. Can you walk around the door, or does <laughs> does the door now define an edge of the of the space you're in? Like like if you if you walk up to the arch and then take three steps to the left and keep going, do you bonk into the invisible wall adjacent to the arch? Huh. I mean, I would assume that what happens... And also, on purge night, <laughs> when it's purge night, and I'm in the holodeck... <laughs> are there still crimes? Can I kill Moriarty? <laughs> Am I allowed to shove Moriarty out of the zone so that he dissolves? <laughs> so, anyway, yeah, uh, Angel leaves, but he leaves with his tail tucked between his legs. Yeah, Aurora's and like, look, you'll do what he says. Don't be an asshole. Yeah, basically. And he's like, oh, but I gotta fly. I never get to do what Archangel wants. Uh, He's gotta eat where Wolverine wants to eat. I never get to pick the restaurant. We are always eating at a Tim Hortons. Uh... And then Storm's like, hey, don't you think you were a little harsh on him? Oh, yeah, to, uh, to Picard about Archangel, and he's like, no, fuck you. I don't want a fucking bullet flying around my ship all the time. <laughs> That's going to get someone killed. <laughs> and she's like, well, if you just understood him, you see, he's pushing boundaries. You treated him like a little child, and now I'm going to explain that he actually is a child trying to test boundaries. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see how well that worked out for the last child on my ship. <laughs> I, I guess he became a godlike being and I travels s- around the universe now. I sold him off to a teleporting creep. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even sell him. I just gave him. <laughs> I made, it thi- it made him think it was his idea. Uh yeah, so he's like, I guess, you know, he wants to fly around. He's like, oh, no, he's flying because he wants to push the envelope. He wants to see if this society of yours that's so advanced and so utopic will actually accept someone like him, a mutant. No, they, not if he keeps doing dangerous shit in the hallways. Yeah, uh, yeah, they would accept him fine. There's a shitload of weird aliens and no one gives a fuck. However, if you fly around and act like a dickbag to everyone, no, they won't accept you. Yeah, I mean that's not a mutant problem. Yeah, that's a that's a Warren problem. Okay, Who, okay. Who's the most dangerous one of the mutants that we have here to be on the starship? Is it Storm? I feel like it's probably Storm. Uh, I would say Storm, but also I would give a very good nod to uh, Shadowcat. I was gonna say based she on her disrupts electricity when yeah. she walks through things, so she could just like walk through the core or whatever. Yeah, just walk through the warp core, just fuck up the ship. Yeah, like. 
So Archangel's not even close. He just can cause property. Or, no, he can just knock people down and just hurt give folks. people bloody noses and shit. Yeah. So I mean, he he should be like, yeah, no, I understand completely. But you should just you should have him knock it off because I don't care if he's a blue guy or not. I just don't want him cannonading into people. Yeah, he's like, oh, but sh- uh, he he doesn't trust your word that things are good. So he's got a he's just waiting for someone to. Put him in his place, I guess, so that he knows what the limits are. I'm like, yeah, the limits are don't be an asshole. That's the <laughs> limit. Let me ask you a hypothetical. If you had brought Juggernaut instead of him, should I tell him to quit cannoning through the hallways? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I appreciate that Aurora's like, look, we come from a time where basically anyone who isn't one of us wants to murder us, and going to a place where we are told that everyone will accept us and everything from our timeline isn't mm-hmm. accurate here he's like uh is it though yeah also why are we being so coddling of warren he's a founding fucking x-man yeah he's the one who should have the most responsibility here oh yeah he has been there since the start he should be like oh look i should be the one to be like the ambassador i know how this works i've been around the block i have flown around it multiple times He's the only founding X-Man who's here. Yeah. I expect better. <laughs> I'm disappointed. I'm not angry, mm-hmm. Archangel. I'm just disappointed. I don't know when Shadowcat shows up, but all of the other ones are from the all the all new X-Men. Yeah, they're they're the all new, all different. Yeah. And then Shadowcat shows up later than that, I want to say. Anyway. Any at, at that point we get a priority one communication from Admiral Kashiwata for Picard. Yeah, and Kashiwada, if you remember, I believe is from Starbase 88 again. Yeah, so... So more Starbase 88 nonsense. The Admiral's like, hey, uh, priority one, and so Captain's just like, all right, well, pleasure speaking with you. We'll we'll talk more about why your dude with wings is a huge dickbag, because he doesn't like that he's in a utopic society. Later, first I gotta take a call. But seriously, though, the holodeck... But seriously, though, just get him in the holodeck. If he needs to flap his wings, he can do it there. Or maybe maybe he can just get some of that aggression out. Look, go to Picard Holodeck Beta 3. It's just a big jungle. It's, you can fly around there only once. Just don't go to anything Riker or Barclay. <laughs> just- you see, any of the programs that have been marked by those two, ooh, don't. Just, you're going to have a bad time. Well, welcome to Barclay Zero One. Today you'll be wooing an Elizabethan version of Troy. Uh, I don't want to do this. No, thank you. <laughs> anyway, that's the end of the chapters. That's the chapters. That's the story. <sighs> Nothing I feel like, happened. I feel like we're halfway through the book, and the pacing is... Abysmal. Like, I want to compare it to the pacing that you would get in an episode, mm-hmm. and it is not on target. Like, no. we have, at this point, they don't even, like, the Enterprise doesn't even know anything is happening on Jaldia. Like, the main plot of this story hasn't even reached our main characters. No, we've just been doodling around with the X-Men on the, on the Enterprise. Yeah, I mean, at least when in the Star Wars books... They were like, oh, yeah, we're farting around the galaxy for a while. At least they ostensibly knew what the plot was and were moving towards it just at a snail's pace. Yeah, everyone, sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. Like, say, for example, if we were doing Crystal, not Crystal Star, but uh, Planet of Twilight, this is right on target for Planet of Twilight. Yeah. We're still dorking around on the planet. No one's ever even heard the term Seti Ashgad. (laughs) 
Uh, but, but I mean, this thing had good promise when it started because it opened with a perfect example of a TNG era pre-credit sequence. Yes. Um, a mystery begins on a random planet somewhere. And now it's up to our space heroes to figure it out. Dun, da, 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 da. Right? I mean, that's just, it's, it was fine. Da, 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 na, na, na. Da, na, na, na. Yeah, but instead, none of that. And we've just been just tooling around so that everyone can have some business with everyone else. Yeah. They're like, before we get to any action, we want to make sure that all the characters talk to the other characters so you can know how everyone responds. If you were curious about the unique perspective of what would happen if Jordy LaForge spent half a chapter talking to Nightcrawler about fuck all, well, here it is. Yeah. You ever wonder why... Guinan and Wolverine have never spoken before. Well, here it is. And there are still pairings that we haven't seen. For example, Shadowcat's done nothing since she got on the ship. Yeah, neither have, is Colossus, yeah, honestly. Sh- uh, Shadowcat and Colossus are basically missing at the moment. Yeah. It's unfortunate that they're just kind of like, oh, we're waiting for something to happen. Well, I'm nice, and I'll sit in my room and not be a huge asshole and run around the ship. Well, maybe we've just run out of relevant officers. I, I mean, we, uh, probably there's a Riker conversation that we haven't seen yet. There well, I was going to say, the problem is, this we, is an original series, so you don't have Chekhov to talk to Colossus. <laughs> it's true, you don't have any good Russians on the ship. Yeah. Uh, but Oh, no, Worf's the closest, isn't he? He's from, he, he was raised by Russians. Yeah, he's, he's from Minsk. <laughs> where's, where's that conversation? Oh, wait, it wouldn't happen. Why would Worf talk to Colossus? <laughs> Never mind, we're fine, everything's fine. Everything's fine. Yep. Anyway, there you go. I think There's we established in a previous episode that the scary thing is that the leftovers of people we haven't seen yet is Riker and Shadowcat. Uh oh. Please don't. Uh oh. <laughs> uh. Have you heard of a planet called Ryza? <laughs> and just walk backwards through a wall. <laughs> <laughs> just Homer Simpson into a wall. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I'll get her later. Oh. <laughs> uh. So, hey. Hmm. Did you know that we do bonus content? Oh, do we do bonus content? Of course you do. Oh, well, you're not talking to me, are you? You're talking to the listeners. Listeners, did you know that we do rad bonus content? I did. Oh, shoot. Hang on. You even said listeners that time. I did. Okay, I'm I sorry. I forgot your middle name is listeners. I, Jeff listeners, we all we've know. We've established and it's it, that, that uh, James is my middle name. <laughs> Jeff James listeners D'Amato. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we go in to, nowadays, Memory Alpha, the uh, Marvel database, anything we can do to find information on either Star Trek or X-Men-related stuff. Mm-hmm. We're going to take some topics somewhat related to what we're doing here, and uh, we're going to bring them to you. We're going to go a little in-depth into some of the random little bits. Yeah, we go a little deeper, a little harder. We go a little better, mm-hmm. a little faster, a little, a little stronger, harder, a little stronger. <laughs> And then Aerodynamic starts. <laughs> it's a good album. You should check it out. Check it out. Uh, okay, so um, to find that bonus content, all you have to do is go to patreon.com slash systemmastery and support us at the $2 or higher level. Yes, You'll indeed. unlock, on average, four bonus episodes of Star Wars content a week. A, a week. A, a week. week. We make so, we, we're, we're never not talking Star Wars and X-Men and X-Wing. Yeah, and there's a Star mic Trek. on me at all times recording everything I say, mm-hmm. and I am legally obligated to mention Star Wars or X-Men or Star Trek at some point every hour. Yep, I'm not not I'm not allowed not to. All of my T-shirts have an X-Man on them, even the ones that didn't in the first place. <laughs> now they do. Mm-hmm. They sure do, and it's always the worst X-Men too. Nothing but like Maggot and Adam X. <laughs> uh, okay, so to get that, once again, go to Patreon.com/slash SystemMastery, or 
Why not buy our book? Why not? While you're at SystemMasteryPodcast.com, you can find all of our wonderful uh, reviews. You can find our written and podcast stuff. And you can find a link to buy our book. Our book is called A Dragon Walks Into a Bar. No further questions. You can buy it at uh, at the link that's on our website or on Amazon. We get a cut. We get a kickback because you know we're like the authors of it and stuff. Because we wrote it. Because we wrote it. So uh, we so, get a kickback. Well, at the, I mean, at the moment we're still miles away from paying off the advance. So please save our lives and buy this book. <laughs> They'll break our thumbs. Ooh. So thank you so much. You can find us and ways to support us at SystemMasteryPodcast.com. Otherwise, you'll see us in just a few minutes for some bonus content, and again in about a week for yet more Expounded Universe. I'm the best there is at what I do. And what I do is have a headache so bad I can't podcast anymore. (laughs) 